All right, thank you everyone. Thank you, worship team and Linnea for your reading. Um, as Landon's switching over to, to Mintimeter, if you have your device, you can go to minty.com and type in that code. We can, hey, we can do the, the cold cola wars here. Do they even sell RC anymore? Do they? Does, does anybody buy RC? Raise your hand if you love RC. One, two, three. It means royal crown. It was developed in, like, Georgia 100 years ago. Tennessee. Somebody knows. <laughs> All right. Somebody knows. Yo, oh, he's been to the factory, right? He's got a cap. Okay. So while you're doing this, guys, I had a, I had a kooky idea this coming last week. Christmas Eve is coming. We want to fill this building two times on Christmas Eve with people who don't know about Jesus. Ergo... You use Latin, you smell smart. Ergo, I need a mob, a flash mob choir. I need a flash mob choir to sing in Mayo subway levels on a Monday and a Tuesday, Christmas carols, a cappella, while we hand out our lovely little invite cards, preferably kids, because you can't say no to kids. Maybe Girl Scouts, because they're the best at it. You can't say no to Girl Scouts. So if you would like to, please help me out. If you are a leader and you want to lead a group of rebels who are being slightly illegal, come and talk to me. And we're going to do, we're going to flash mob singing carols in subway level. We've got some doctor friends who told us just where to go and when to go, and we're going to do it. It's called guerrilla marketing. And we're going to invite about a thousand people to this church on Christmas Eve. Please find me after if you want to be the leader of this. Okay, Donna's raising her hand. She'll be part of it. All right, I need, I need, I need good leaders for that. Okay, now, now let's see who's winning. Ooh, it's a dead tie. It's a dead tie. Coke and... That's right, somebody vote. Oh, somebody ruined it. See, this is why we can't have nice things. All right, but it's, okay, so welcome to church, everybody. I'm Aaron. I'm the pastor here if we haven't met. So this is, we're just having a little bit of fun. So Landon, if you would, oh, wait a minute, I can do it. Never mind, I can do it. Okay, today is the third Sunday of Advent. There's supposed to be three candles lit, but that little wick isn't participating. The first Sunday to remind you was the Sunday of peace, how we as Christ people are to be those who promote peace in the world, in our own lives. We are to be those people of peace. That is God's unique future that he has given to us in Jesus the Christ. The second Sunday of Advent last week was the Sunday of justice, where the future God has dreamed for us, all of creation, is a, is a future of justice where, where, well, remember it gets a little sticky about what we define as justice, so I boiled it down to love your neighbor as yourself, treat others as you would be treated, and love the Lord your God with everything you have, because when we know that happens, we know justice happens. So you participate in justice and I participate in justice when we love our neighbors as ourselves. And today, Advent number three. Advent, the third Sunday, is about the hope and the healing. The future that God, the unique future God has in mind for us is a future of hope 
and healing. And we're going to use Isaiah chapter 35 to discuss this. Now, before we do, though, I'd like to show you this survey. Says, really? You're going to do that to me again? No. I'll, let, I'll, have, I'll have Landon do it for me. This is a time-lapse photo of the night sky, of course, looking north. The little dot in the center is the North Star. All the streaks around it, time-lapse photography, all of the other stars appear to move in the night sky. The North Star appears to remain fixed. The other stars appear to move because of the way the Earth sits on its axis. You know about the night sky. You know about the North Star. The North Star, in its fixed-pointedness, because it is a fixed point, people, men and women, have used it to navigate oceans, uh, I suppose go across, travel across land in the dark, using it as a fixed point to navigate and travel and journey with. The North Star is an anchor point to guide travel. It's a constant. And oh my goodness, in a changing, confused world like we live in today, don't we often want a North Star? Don't we need an anchor point that never changes, that doesn't spin? Don't we want something constant, something unmovable that we can navigate our lives by and our families' lives? And I declare to you guys, I declare to you this very Advent third Sunday that Jesus the Messiah, God of very God, flesh of very flesh is that North Star point that you and I and all of creation might fix in our sky. And the future that he has for us is one, Lennon, if you would hit it, God's unique future begun in Jesus Christ is a future of hope and healing because this Jesus brings to us hope and healing. He is our North Star. He is our North Star. God's unique future this third Sunday of Advent begun in Jesus the Christ is a future of hope and healing. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Isaiah 35, or if not, I'll read off the front screen here. This is the New Revised Standard Version. So if Landon, if you might hit that. I apologize for the small font. I tried to get it onto two slides. Verse 1 says, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful of, uh, of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Next slide. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, in streams in the desert. 
The burning sand shall become a pool of water and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swampy reed land. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. He explains it. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Mount Zion, which is Jerusalem. Mount Zion with singing, everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 35, the word of the Lord. Landon, if you would hit the next slide, please. Isaiah 35, beautiful, vivid poetry. Vivid, that's hard to say. Vivid, beautiful poetry written by Isaiah, spoken by the power of God. And this poetry, we believe, comes true in Jesus the Christ. Chapter 35 is in stark contrast to the previous chapter, chapter 34. You see how I did that? That's math. 34 comes before 35. 34 is about judgment. 34 says the land of Edom, which was a neighbor of Israel at the time, the land of Edom would be judged by God because they were oppressors, because they ignore God because they oppress the people of God. But you see, Edom was a very lush, luxurious, green country. And in chapter 34, God says through Isaiah, again in poetic form, Edom will be decimated. And now in chapter 35, what I've just read to you, the very desert shall bloom and rivers shall flow. That mention of the crocus shall bloom. Have you ever, maybe, maybe you guys uh, being from the great north here haven't really seen a desert after a great rainfall. Have A few of you are nodding your heads. These flowers that have lain dormant for how many ever years all of a sudden explode and there's flowers everywhere. That's what Isaiah was referencing here. That explosion of, of beauty. And it shall be turned into a glorious place. Well, well, well what desert, Aaron? Well, it doesn't matter. It's poetry. You, you get the point. It's supposed to be deserts. It's supposed to be all of life, all of the world, all of my heart and your heart, all of society and our interactions, the planet itself, our, our salvation in Christ Jesus, everything will bloom and blossom and the desert of us will become the paradise of God. Y'all not going to say amen about that? <laughs> Thank you. That's worth shouting about. The desert of our lives will become the paradise of God. What we had destroyed in our arrogance, in our idolatry, the waste that we lay 
The deserts that we create are transformed by the grace of God into these glorious paradises. We are set free from those things. And that's the kind of world I want to live in. That's the kind of life I want to live. That's the kind of person I want to be. You know, I took a personality test the other day. I would not encourage you to do that. I would share the results with you, but you would fire me. <laughs> it was not the Enneagram. It was, uh, it was Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson, a psychologist from, uh, from Canada, his. And yeah, neuroticism was very high and uh, things, compassion, very low. God forgive me. I've got a desert in my life that needs Jesus so bad. And you do too. And everybody shopping at Walmart. Yes. Did you go out did you go out of your house yesterday? Every person in Rochester was out of their house yesterday. Shopping. Getting in my way. <laughs> right? Get out of the way! Right? Honking their horn. Some guy followed April because he's honking his horn and being aggressive, right? It's not just me. That's where we live. But the future God has in mind for us in Jesus the Christ is one of hope and healing and beauty and paradise and awesomeness and forgiveness and shouting hallelujah. Oh, I didn't mean that, but you did it. <laughs> you know hallelujah means praise God, right? The first half is hallel, which means ha- uh, praise in Hebrew, and yah is short for Yahweh, God's proper name, so praise God, hallelujah. So guys, this text is a promise what God would do to bring help and healing. You know the word paradise is, is from the root word, which means garden, so when God, when Jesus hanging on the cross says to the, to, to the guy dying next to him, this day will you be with me in paradise, he means a lush wayside oasis on the way to what? Something even better. Oh, we'll get there, baby. Don't worry. We'll get there. The ultimate blessing here too, guys, this text promises a time when God would act and bring an end to fear, injustice, and destruction and, and weeping and, and, and everything God promises in this that he would, I would like to go here. And that can be the life that you and I can live in Jesus the Christ. And then the ultimate blessing is being in the presence of God himself. That highway that leads right to God. You know, I, I, sometimes we feel like we're on that highway other times we're like, anybody seen a highway? <laughs> right? Anybody seen a highway? Sometimes we're doing really great and other times we're not, but cheer up, sisters and brothers, for there is a road where not even fools <laughs> lose their way. For God has us in Jesus where we will be with God and all God's people rejoicing. Come, Lord Jesus. So that's the setup for this. That's the textual. Now, Landon, if you would hit this next one here. In the changes, back to my earlier example, in changes, we seek a north star. We seek something to hang our compass upon, our sextant, right? Has anybody used a sextant? 
oh, oh, ta. Well, in my in my un, unlearned thing, it's that little eh, with the with the little the, 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 and the it, it 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 measures angles. It measures it measures angles. So what you do is you point it at the north star, right? And you, and you look, and it measures an angle to the, and you're like, oh, horizon, and you use your chronog- chronograph, and you can tell very accurately where you are. Something like a compass, something very similar. Protractor, like I said. A, a teletractor, a, yes, a, a telescope and a protractor. Yes, had a baby, a teletractor. <laughs> Teletractor, not not to be confused with Teletubbies, uh, <laughs> Teletractor. I don't like the Teletubbies frighten me too. But everybody, Jesus Christ is our north star. I, I, I say this with confidence. Jesus Christ is our north star. He gives us the constant of hope and healing that we might find our way in an ever-changing world, in an ever-painful world, in a world where things don't often go right and we make mistakes. The hope and the healing found in Jesus is the constant we can hang our hats on and hang our sights on and do our sextant and tell where we are. That's the hope, the healing that I can navigate my life by. Now, let's talk about what hope really is, though, guys. Hope isn't optimism. No, no, no. Hope, let me say that again. Hope is not optimism. Hope isn't whistling in the dark when you're afraid. You know, that's not hope. That's, I hope I don't die, right? That's not hope. Hope is not optimism. Hope is, uh, I really like this. Hope is found in a sure direction because something has happened and you know something's going to happen. Hope is based in events and actualities. Hope is knowing that Jesus the Christ came on that night so long ago. Jesus brought the kingdom of God like we sang. Jesus died on a cross for the forgiveness of the world. Jesus rose on the third day to start new creation. Jesus the Christ sits at the right hand of the Father reigning and the Spirit of God fills us this place. That is the sure starting place. The sure ending place is that one day Jesus will step into our world again and it'll all be done. And that we might say, we might hear him say rather, welcome home. And if that doesn't light your wood on fire, your wood's wet. Those are the sure points that gives us hope. Optimism didn't take Jesus to the cross. Optimism didn't hold Jesus' arms outstretched on the cross. Optimism isn't strong enough for that. Hope is strong enough for that. Hope in the resurrection Jesus knew was coming was strong enough to hold him there. That is what, it's the hope that you might have In Jesus Christ, the North Star. That's the Milky Way. Pretty cool, right? The hope that we have is that the victory has been won in Jesus on the cross and in the resurrection. That's the victory. 
And the hope is that one day we're going to have him say, well done, welcome home, whatever that looks like. That's the two pieces that I will build the hope in my life on. That's the hope that we proclaim to all the world. That's the hope that the children are being taught right now by April in the, in the back room. The hope that these two points are sure and fixed in your life, my life, and all the world's life. Not optimism and whistling in the dark. And not happiness either. You know? Let's talk about happiness. Happiness isn't hope. Happiness isn't the lack of bad things happening. Happiness is purpose and meaning. You can have a really awful life, but if you've got purpose and meaning, you can go through an awful lot of icky to get there. The purpose that will give you happiness in your life is to live a Christ-like life here now. To live the kingdom of God here and now. To be a frightening Jesus person here now. To live radically in the love of Jesus here and now. Not to be some wishy-washy pie-in-the-sky person that's so heavenly-minded they're no earthly good. Isn't that funny? I love that. Russell Nelson's one I heard that from. Anyway, the same way, guys, this hope pushes us. Just as Jesus was held to the cross by hope, we are pushed into life. You know how sometimes people think Christianity is a waste of time and not relevant to today? Oh, no. The hope that we have pushes us out into the world around us, giving us, giving us this self-sacrificing thing that only God knows what, but that transforms the world. Hope and healing given to us by Jesus provide purpose and meaning. Because of my hope in God, I have meaning. Right? We're more connected now as a culture, as, as a world, than ever before. You can, I can connect with people in Zimbabwe at the click of a button. But we're more lonely than we've ever been before. And our children have no purpose Having a hundred million likes on YouTube videos is not purpose. That seems to be the big thing, right, for our kids. Having all these clicks on what they produce, maybe they'll find meaning in that. And then we see our boys going and shooting up schools because they didn't have that father influence and that meaning and that purpose but you are a church-going, Jesus-believing person with the message of hope, the message of new life, of direction, of north star leading the forum. And that's what this Advent third Sunday is all about. So in conclusion, we, let me say that in our changing times, we often cry out, God, where are you? God, what can I be sure of? And God answers back, have hope, my child. I won the victory in Jesus, the Messiah, my son. And one day, it will all be completed. Healing is now in place. 
One day it will be fully here. Have hope. It is a sure thing. I have not left you. It will come. What will it look like? We don't know. Like Paul said in one of his writings, we see in a mirror darkly what we will be when he is revealed. We're not sure, but we know we will be like him. What does that look like? I don't know, but we know the hope of it. Because of this hope, I can have a full life now, a life of forgiveness, a life of reckless love, a life free from grudge and greed, a life free from purposelessness and perversion. I can live as a true human being as God had always created me to be. You know, that's, that's, the true, that's the true thing about Jesus, right? He makes us truly human. Jesus is the switch between not fully human and fully human. Only Jesus is that. If we don't bring everything through Jesus, we don't get to where we need to be. He makes us truly human. He gives us hope. And I know that in this season that the promise that Jesus has already begun, what God will one day complete, the hope and the healing that I can find that is already now pushing me out into the world, pushing you out into the world, pushing this church into the, to the world to live a daring Christian life. Like I said, a scary, daring Christian life. The life of Christ is not for the faint of heart. If it were the faint of heart, we would just eat donuts and drink coffee and go home. This is for you and me to see the future, but the future only comes about through that self-sacrificing, reckless love that Jesus showed us. A life that will change the world. The only question is, everyone, is our faith large enough to handle, is our faith large enough to handle this kind of hope? Or do we say to Jesus, you know what, Jesus, I I see that, and I see the greatness of what you're calling me to be, but I want to be lazy and comfortable. Thank you very much. Let me go back to sleep. The faith of Jesus is daring and reckless and world-transforming. Imagine 100 people set on fire, filled with the hope of Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected. Imagine that and you see Christmas hope. Advent Christmas hope. And land in the final thing. What do we need healing and hope? What kind of healing? What kind of hope do we need today? Many of us need it. Many of us want it. If you don't have a device to show up on here, what, 
Did anyone care to be brave enough to say what kind of hope and healing do you need from God today? That we might pray for you. You need love? Maddie needs love. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. She says she loves hugs. What hope and healing do you need? Faith in each other. I just need hope in general in my life, my church, and the world we live in. I need to be able to forgive others. Truth in that. Yes. Forgiveness. More tolerance for others. Anyone else? Peace. Peace. Say that again. Healing for our spirits. For our bodies. All of these things all of these things, we know that the hope of Christ, the hope that God gives through Jesus, is ours. Pressed down, shaken up, running over. Grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing. Mercy upon mercy. Hope for a life that may have been purposeless, meaning in a rat race of a world. That's the message of Christmas.